Section 4 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 10, October 1899. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Mark Dykeshorn in October 2022. Variations in Lake Levels and Atmospheric Precipitation by Alfred J. Henry. Chief of Division of Records, U.S. Weather Bureau. A study of the fluctuations in the surface level of the Great Lakes is always an interesting problem. It is especially so at the present time, owing to the near completion of the Chicago Drainage Canal and the projection of various industrial enterprises, which, when completed, will divert large quantities of water from present channels. The physical problems involved in an adjustment of the situation are manifold and intricate, as are also the commercial interests seeking recognition. The writer desires at this time, however, merely to direct attention to the possibility of determining the probable level of the lakes by accurately gauging the precipitation over the various watersheds. The stage of water in a river or natural reservoir system, such as the Great Lakes, is dependent primarily upon supply, discharge, and evaporation. In small streams, the correspondence between precipitation and water stages is easily observed. The drainage basins themselves are small, and when precipitation has once begun but a short time lapses before all portions of the basin are contributing to the stream flow. In a small basin of uniform surface and slope, it is possible to calculate the exact time of maximum stage, providing the amount and intensity of precipitation are known. As the drainage basin increases, however, the problem becomes one of greater complexity, and the correspondence between precipitation and water stages is not so definitely marked. The important oscillations in the surface level of the Great Lakes may be conveniently divided into two classes, V, annual or periodic, and irregular or non-periodic. The first of these consists of a rise from low water of winter to high water of midsummer, followed by a return to low water, the entire range from low to high water rarely exceeding a foot. The irregular or non-periodic variations also consist of oscillations up and down about a general mean level, but, unlike those first named, they may range through several feet and persist in a single direction for a number of years. Lakes Michigan and Huron, it may be remembered, fell continuously from 1886 to 1892, the total fall being about two and a half feet. The mean monthly variation, both in lake levels and monthly precipitation over the respective watersheds, is shown in the diagram on page 404. The full curve shows the average level in feet of the surface of lakes Superior, Michigan, and Huron, below the plane of reference of the U.S. Lake Survey, high water of 1838. The dotted curve shows the average distribution of precipitation in inches throughout the year. The agreement between the two sets of curves is as close as could be expected, considering the nature of the data on which they are based and the natural climatic differences between the regions under discussion. The climate of the Lake Superior watershed differs in several respects from that of the region to the southward, partly by reason of its geographic position and partly on account of the lake itself. The precipitation of winter is generally in the form of snow and is derived for the most part from storms advancing from the North Pacific or the Canadian Northwest. 
The snowfall is greatest on the south shore of the lake and is particularly heavy from the Keweenaw Peninsula eastward to and beyond Wetmore on the Duluth South Shore and Atlantic Railway. If the two curves showing the monthly rise in the level of Lake Superior and the distribution of precipitation in its watershed respectively be compared, it will be seen that the annual rise in the lake begins coincidentally with the increase of precipitation. We should not be too hasty in placing these phenomena in the relation of cause and effect. The rise in the waters of the lake in the spring is doubtless due to the breaking up of the ice in the rivers and the melting of the snow. Water from these sources is fed into the lake during April and May, more rapidly than it is discharged through the St. Mary's River. Hence, the surface level rises. The rains of June, July, and August, on the average, equal about 9 inches in linear depth, which amount, plus the runoff from the watershed, should be set against the loss by evaporation. The latter is, to a certain extent, an unknown quantity, varying somewhat from year to year. Under the most favorable conditions, the loss by evaporation will not greatly exceed the rainfall. The height to which the water of the lake will probably rise, therefore, must depend greatly upon the amount of water carried by the tributaries of the lake after the breaking up of the ice, plus the amount conserved during the spring and early summer in the swamps and forested areas within the watershed, and this in turn is largely dependent upon the amount of snowfall during the previous winter and the manner of its disappearance. The present season has been one of abundant rainfall on both sides of the international boundary, north of a line drawn through Alpena and Perry Sound. South of that line, the rainfall has been deficient. The water of Lake Superior has been higher than usual, and there has been an increase in water levels of Lakes Michigan and Huron also, although rainfall over a large portion of the watersheds of the lakes last named has been deficient. This is an important fact, since it suggests at once the probability that the stage of water in Lakes Michigan and Huron is controlled in great measure by precipitation in the Superior Basin. The number of rainfall stations reporting to the Weather Bureau from the lake region is about 300. It should be possible in the course of a few years to define in at least approximate terms the relations which subsist between atmospheric precipitation and the fluctuations in the level of the lakes. End of section 4